Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of the living and true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Just so everyone's aware, there are uh, eight open seats in the very front. You, you could lie down, no one would know. Today is a very special day indeed, the most significant day of the year for Christians around the world and saints throughout the ages. Today we rejoice and celebrate the accomplishments of one of the most influential men in all of history, whose gift to humanity has blessed countless generations and continues to bless the world today. I'm speaking, of course, of Sam Bourne, the award-winning 20th century candy maker. <clears throat> but you saw that coming, didn't you? <laughs> Sam was born into a Jewish family in Russia in 1891. He immigrated to the United States in 1910. Sam Bourne was responsible for many innovations, including the technology to produce chocolate sprinkles known as jimmies. I didn't know that there was technology to produce chocolate sprinkles. I, frankly, I took chocolate sprinkles for granted until I learned that. He also invented the hard chocolate coating used for Eskimo pies, and he was given the keys to the city of San Francisco in 1916 for inventing a machine that mechanically inserts sticks into lollipops called the Born Sucker Machine. That's what it's called. <laughs> he named his company Just Born, an allusion to the freshness of his sugary creations. Uh, Sam and his company survived the Great Depression, and in the 1930s, they relocated their factory from Brooklyn to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. In the 1940s, they introduced Mike and Ikes. In the 1950s, hot tamales. Mm hmm. Oh, that got a. Yeah, But in 1953, something happened that would change the course of candy history forever. <laughs> Sam Bourne acquired the Rhoda Candy Company of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And during the acquisition, while the family was touring the Rhoda Candy Company, they discovered in the back of the factory some 80 women, mostly German immigrants, with pastry tubes squirting little marshmallow chicks by hand. That's right. The Bourne family had stumbled upon the ancient ancestor of what we now know as Peeps brand marshmallow chicks. According to one report, in order to turn out a limited amount of marshmallow chicks every Easter season, these women undertook a back-breaking process that required them to spoon small batches of freshly made marshmallow batter, which included whipped egg whites, into regular pastry tubes and then squirt out through the tiny fluted steel tip a uniform version of a small baby chicken, as if they were all freshly hatched from eggs. The writer goes on, 
In an era when the potential for salmonella poisoning from uncooked eggs was not yet a worry, <laughs> the marshmallow chicks were not baked, but rather air dried. Start to finish the process of turning out trays of Rhoda marshmallow chicks took some 27 hours. But in 1954, less than a year after acquiring the Rhoda Candy Company, Just Born figured out a way to mass produce these squishy little neon morsels. And today, I'm very pleased to report to you, it only takes six minutes to make a peep. Sam Bourne passed away in 1959. He was inducted into the Candy Hall of Fame in 2006. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a Candy Hall of Fame. His candy legacy lives on in the hearts and mouths of adoring devotees everywhere. Yes, today is the day we celebrate Sam Bourne and his mass-produced peeps. And I went to Vaughn's early this morning to bring them for a visual aid and they were sold out. Now, I'm mindful that there may be some folks present this morning who don't like peeps. They have been known to be a deeply divisive candy. This is true. You either love them or you hate them. Perhaps your Easter candy of choice is the Cadbury cream egg. Or perhaps you're simply a classic Easter jelly bean fan. By the way, the reason that Sam Bourne was interested in the Rhoda Candy Company in the first place was because he had heard of their jelly bean technology. It turns out that Roscoe Rhoda, the godfather of the peeps, is also the godfather of the Easter jelly bean. But now I'm starting to get into next week's sermon. <laughs> this Sunday is all about the peeps. I'm also mindful that there may be some folks present who are concerned that this sermon is only about peeps, <laughs> and who had hoped to hear perhaps a word or two about the resurrection of our Lord. I can appreciate that. It's Easter. So why not? Let's turn to the resurrection of our Lord. Like peeps, our Lord's resurrection tends to be, you don't think I can tie it in? <laughs> I'm tying it in. <laughs> like peeps, the resurrection of our Lord tends to be deeply divisive. You either believe Jesus rose from the dead or you don't. And now it probably goes without saying, but those first disciples, the ones we just heard uh, read about, early apostles, the church throughout the ages, has always believed unequivocally and without question that our Lord rose again bodily from the dead. The whole system of Christian faith and salvation hinges on this belief. St. Paul famously says, If the Lord didn't rise again, our faith is in vain. He also writes, If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, but he doesn't stop there, if you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The church has always believed and professed that our Lord is risen from the dead. This is just a matter of historical record. Some folks believe it, others think it's nuts. It's always been that way, and it probably always will. But let's just think about it reasonably for a moment. It either happened or it didn't. 
our Lord either rose from the dead or he's still in the grave. It's not both. Let's just get that out of the way. He didn't rise from the grave for those who believe he did, but is, uh, but is still in the grave for those who don't. The resurrection is many things, but it is not relative. Which brings us to perhaps today's most important and pressing, pressing question, and that is, what do we believe? I suppose there are folks who could simply care less about the resurrection of our Lord. Like, so what? Who cares? Jesus died. He rose again. Good for him. But what does that have to do with me? And let's be honest, there's really not much for us to celebrate unless we understand how Jesus' resurrection affects us, our lives, our families, our relationships, our vocations, our loneliness, our hurt, our anxiety, fear, brokenness. If something is not relevant to us, we tend to not be that interested. But in truth, the event that we celebrate this day, the resurrection of our Lord, has everything to do with us. In fact, I believe that there is nothing more relevant to our human lives, our human loves, our human struggles, than the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. The true meaning of our Lord's resurrection is actually found in its application to us, to the whole of humanity. So let's take just a moment to consider the application. For starters, the church has always professed and believed that because Jesus rose from the dead, now we know we can trust that we too will be raised from the dead. He is the first fruits of the general resurrection proof that it can happen. But the resurrection of the dead at the end of the age seems like a long way off, doesn't it? What about the application for today? What about life right now? Are there any benefits to the resurrection of our Lord? At the heart of the Christian faith is the belief that yes, there are that yes, we can actually be partakers, participate in Jesus' resurrection, his redeemed humanity, his divine life, we can share in that today, here and now, on this side of heaven. It begins when we are baptized. We celebrated a baptism last night at the Easter Vigil. When we are baptized, we are united not just with Jesus, but with the risen Christ, he in us and we in him. This is the beginning of when we become partakers of his divine life, life that has conquered the power of sin, the flesh, and the devil. St. Simeon, the new theologian, writes of our Lord's resurrection. He says, We behold Christ's resurrection as it comes to pass in each of us, bearing garments of light and shining lightning bolts of immortality and divinity for the illuminating coming of the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit that we receive in baptism and in the Holy Eucharist, for the illuminating coming of the Holy Spirit shows us the resurrection of the Master, or even more precisely, it allows us to see his resurrection itself. He goes on to say, The souls of those who believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, 
God resurrects them in this present life. And a sign of this resurrection is the grace of the Holy Spirit, which he gives to the soul of every Christian, as if giving a new soul. We are invited to share in the life of our risen Lord. St. John Chrysostom, writing in the fourth century in an Easter sermon, says, sums it all up. Enjoy ye all the feast of faith. Receive ye all the riches of loving kindness. Let no one bewail his poverty, for the universal kingdom has been revealed. Let no one weep for his iniquities, for pardon has shone forth from the grave. Let no one fear death, for the Savior's death has set us free. He that was held prisoner of it has annihilated it. By descending into hell, he made hell captive. He embittered hell when it tasted of his flesh. It was embittered, for it was abolished. It was embittered, for it was mocked. It was embittered, for it was slain. It was embittered, for it was overthrown. It was embittered, for it was fettered in chains. Hell took a body and met God face to face. It took earth and encountered heaven. It took that which was seen and fell upon the unseen. He concludes, O death, where is your sting? O hell, where is your victory? Christ is risen and you are overthrown. Christ is risen and the demons are fallen. Christ is risen and the angels rejoice. Christ is risen and life reigns. Christ is risen and not one dead remains in the grave. Everything that is broken down with humanity is redeemed and restored and raised up in the risen Christ. And in Christ, we are invited to share in that redemption and restoration and resurrection today, here and now. The resurrection of our Lord that we celebrate this Easter day is not just a promise of hope for the future. It is indeed the beginning of life for today. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia.